Welcome to Pose Radio, the podcast that is dedicated to sharing insights, wisdom and actionable advice to help inspire female entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Chloe, and I'm on a journey of growth as a female entrepreneur myself. I am dedicated to contributing and sharing all that I learn along the way to this incredible female entrepreneurship community. Each week, I will be chatting to a range of inspirational female entrepreneurs and asking them to share their stories so that you can apply the wisdom and insights from their experience directly to your own business and make your entrepreneurial dreams a reality. In the words of Serena Williams, every woman's success should be an inspiration to another. We're strongest when we cheer each other on. This is the philosophy of Pose Radio. So join this community today for your weekly dose of female entrepreneurship, inspiration, motivation and empowerment. Thanks for listening today. We're so glad to have you here. Today, I am super excited to welcome another fantastic guest, Gemma, to Pose Radio. This incredible female entrepreneur is the founder behind the on-trend UK-based boutique jewellery brand, Wanton Wardrobe. Today, we are going to deep dive into Gemma's entrepreneurial experience and she is going to share with us how her background has helped to define the businesswoman she is today. For anyone wanting to work within the world of fashion and accessories, Gemma's story will help inspire you to chase your dreams and believe that you really can succeed as an entrepreneur in this seemingly oversaturated world of fashion and accessories. Welcome to the show, Gemma. I'm beyond happy to have you here today. Oh, thank you so much. And thank you for asking me. I really appreciate it. No worries. It's so nice. I think especially in fashion and accessories, it's one of those industries that everyone thinks it's so hard to crack into. So I feel that your experience will be really helpful to the listeners. Oh, thank you. (laughs) So I thought I'd just start us off today. I thought it would just be nice so you can give the Pose Radio listeners a little insight just into your business that you're currently running and just give them a bit more background on what Want and Wardrobe is, just in case they're not familiar. Yeah, sure. So um, Want and Wardrobe's been running for about two years now. So at the moment, it's just me. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're an independent jewellery brand and we specialise really in your kind of on-trend and trend-led items. So you're sort of hot now things, but also pieces that are a bit more unusual um, and your sort of forever items that hopefully, you know, you're going to keep for a long time. Mm. Um, And what we really strive for is that boutique feel, which I love, but having the products at a reasonable price point. Yeah. Um, There are a lot of independent brands out there and, and some are quite pricey. Um, and not necessarily accessible for a lot of people. So we want people to be able to, you know, shop with us and feel that they can afford and treat themselves to our pieces. Um, So at the moment, we are um, an online business. Predominantly, we've been um, on eBay and Depop. Mm -hmm. We have got a website, um, which... I haven't focused on as much and I'll, mm-hmm. I'll talk about that a bit later but mm-hmm. that's obviously currently being redone and it's going to be yep. launching, relaunching soon which is really exciting. Mm-hmm. That sounds amazing. How out of interest did you come up with the name Want a Wardrobe? Oh do you know what finding a name was so difficult Yeah, um, <laughs> and it's quite strange. It was I can't take the credit because actually it was my husband's idea oh, um, and when you try to think of like keywords, you know buzzwords and 
yeah. fashion related things and sort of thinking wardrobe I didn't want anything that was going to be too too much of a mouthful or yeah. you know um but I wanted it to relate to fashion mm-hmm. um but be um a little bit different um and yeah luckily my husband came up with it so <laughs> no I absolutely love it it's so good and it's, it is oh, one of the hardest things isn't it to come up with a name like it feels like so much pressure yeah Oh yeah, that <laughs> so and, the, and the branding, the logo, deciding on the colours yeah. is also really, really fun. But yeah. yeah, I think if you're the kind of person that struggles to make a decision, you could spend a long time on that. <laughs> yes, definitely. How did you come up with the logo and the colours and things? Was that something you did yourself? So, um, yeah, so I came up with the pineapple and chose yeah. all the colours um, and the fonts mm-hmm. um, and um so again, my husband, he's, he sounds like he does everything here, doesn't he? So he <laughs> he um, is involved in like design and graphics. So he actually designed the logo for me, or the two oh, logos. Nice. But um, it was great because obviously, you know, we could work together and um, he'd come up with a look. Um, if it wasn't quite right, we could tweak it. So we kind of worked together on it. And then um, he obviously created the final logo. Um, oh, happy with. Yeah. Yeah, I love the logo. It's so cool. I love the colours as well. It's such a good colour mix. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> How have you um, found working on eBay and Depop in the past? Um, yeah, they're good. So I, so Depop, I started shopping on that when it first came out because obviously mm. it hasn't been around as long as eBay. Yes. Um, and I think when it first set up as a customer, I had some pretty bad experiences on it um, but it was, it was new and I'm sure they had a lot of teething problems mm. um, but it's been going a few must be at least sort of five years or so maybe longer yeah. and now it's really really good I mean they've got millions of customers um, it's obviously global yeah. um, and I sell a lot on there um, probably uh, it's hard to say because it's, sometimes it's more eBay sometimes it's more Depop but yeah I've been getting on sort of 50 50 with mm-hmm. eBay and Depop and obviously eBay is um, you know a lot more established they're very different I think they do attract different customer bases Depop yeah. tends to be you know um, a sort of a younger um, crowd perhaps yeah it's um, more fashion focused as well a little bit yeah, isn't it Depop slightly it is it is um, whereas eBay I, you know I get, you get a very very broad customer base on there um, yeah. but they're very different in the layouts I think I, I love Depop because the format is so much easier to look at for the yeah. shop. Yeah. Um, eBay, um, you kind of have to trawl through a bit more. Um, yeah. But um, fees wise, they are the same. I would oh, okay. say that um, eBay, you get more support from eBay mm-hmm. um, with if, if there's issues or anything like that um, yeah. with data um, or the analysis. I mean, I've obviously got a shop on ebay mm-hmm. but you get a lot of intel um and marketing information each month whereas depop you don't um mm-hmm. i think you you can um but yeah for the money you probably get better value for money from ebay but again depop it is really really good so i would yeah. recommend both if people were um thinking of using them yeah that's really good information do you have to apply to get shops with them or is that something you can just set up yourself yeah so you can just set them up yourself okay um you would have to have if you've already it's, it's the same sort of thing really if you've already got an account with an email linked you would have to have a new um email um business email um mm-hmm. and when you have a there's a bit more with ebay when you have a 
um, a shop on there. They need mm-hmm. more information about your business. So um, Depop's a little bit more straightforward. Okay. Well, that's so good to know. Would you recommend those platforms if you're starting out as well versus perhaps setting up a website or anything like that? Do you, do you feel like that's quite a good route to go down? Yeah, absolutely. And actually, um, that was something that I was going to talk about a bit later. But, oh, let's um, hold it then. We can come, okay. we can come back to that. Yeah. I don't want to throw you off because I know you said oh, you made no. a few notes. So <laughs> I don't want to skip too far forward. But um, I'm going to change the, the tune a little bit. So have yeah. you always wanted to be an entrepreneur? Um, yeah, certainly for a long time. Yeah. Um, so prior to this, um, I worked in recruitment for okay. a long time. So um, doing high street, you know, sales mm-hmm. recruitment. Yeah. Um, so I managed um, a branch doing that, worked my way up from doing um, being a temp consultant and then a permanent um, recruitment consultant. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for the last few years, um, so I'm local to Brighton, um, and we um, had the American Express European headquarters in Brighton. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had the contract for all their um, contingent labour. So um, I um, was the contract manager um, on that, which was great. And I mm. absolutely loved it. You know, it was a fantastic company to work with. And I but it kept you really busy as well. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. And you, you learned so much, you know, yeah. you doing it um and work with a great team of people so I knew I always wanted to run my own business but mm. I also knew that I I would only leave that job to um set up my own company um That's so exciting yeah so it's a it had to be at the right sort of time but my husband's been self-employed for quite a long time now oh, okay. um, and so see and I think really just seeing the flexibility that he had, you know, being his own boss was so motivating. And of course, you see all the challenges and the long hours, yep. but just so worth it. So, so yeah, I'd wanted to do it for quite a while. What and made you get to the point where you were like, okay, today's the day? Um, I've been thinking about doing it and, and I think I had planned to leave that role within sort of six months or so. But I yeah. think once I've made the decision that I was going to leave, mm. I'm kind of like, why am I, why not just do it now? Why wait longer? And part of you, you know, you haven't checked out because I would never have done that. I, yeah. you know, my last day I gave all to that role. Yeah. But I think once you know that you're going to do it, for me, I was like, no, do you know what? I'm just going to. I'm just going to hand my notice in. So I had a two-week holiday. I hadn't taken two weeks off for so long. So it was oh, wow. so nice. Two weeks off. But that was needed. <laughs> oh, it was. But I felt so sorry because my boss had no idea at all. Um, and after two weeks, she obviously had like a massive handover to go through with me. I didn't want to go through it all. And then at the end, be like, oh, by the way. But, um, yeah, it took quite – well, she sort of launched into this handover and it took a little while for me to be able to get in. I'm handing my notice in. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was scary, but really exciting. And I think having been working for that same company for such a long time, yeah. the last day, the thought of I'm literally not coming back here, I'm just going to be doing my own thing was the best feeling. Yeah, it's so exciting. Did, um, did, so did you go completely cold turkey? So you went from full-time at your recruitment role to full-time with Want and Wardrobe? Yeah. Wowzers. Yeah. Had you started on one and wardrobe part time, sort of in the evenings and things before you left, or did you just yeah, completely? Yeah, yeah. So, I, so kind of. I hadn't. Um, 
I've been doing a little bit. Um, so I've been selling a couple of products mm-hmm. um, and behind the scenes, obviously, getting the branding in place. Yeah. Um, but I didn't launch the eBay shop or the Depop until the first proper, first full day. Um, so I hadn't done any of that part of it around the world. I think I wanted it to be a clean break and just finish. Yeah. And then it was like, you know, all go that first day. So it would be as it is if you were going into the first day of a new job. Yes. Yeah. Um, How did you feel the first day? Were you a first day full-time want a wardrobe? Were you nervous? <laughs> yeah, it was just bizarre. I just <laughs> I think it was like a cloud nine. Thinking, oh my God, I haven't got like to no one is going to ring my phone at like you know yeah. nine o'clock and be like where are you you're not here it was a really surreal feeling yeah really just yeah really nice I think reality then kicks in that actually you've got to make this work and you know you this is this has got to pay your bills so yes you know you can't just doss around and, and have a laugh it's hard work I think yeah. for, certainly for the first week or two um there's definitely that really lovely feeling <laughs> yeah we almost like oh wow I've done it I've actually done it it's happening <laughs> yeah yeah but it didn't still didn't even on my last day it didn't feel like I was really leaving though yeah I know what you mean it's a strange feeling isn't it especially I think when you've always worked in the corporate world it's almost like your brain can't quite imagine what it's going to be like not working in the corporate yeah. world oh, absolutely and all my colleagues were so jealous they were like oh I can't believe that you're doing it that you're leaving us um but yeah you know you, at the end of the day, you've got to be prepared that you're leaving a, you know, a regular wage where you know yep. exactly what you're getting paid every month. Mm-hmm. Um, you just don't know when you first start and you're going to have busy times, you're going to have quiet times. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's part and parcel of it, really. I think that's something that people really need to be aware of as well when they start their own business, because I think if you've always worked in the corporate world and you are used to having X amount of salary per month or however your salary is working out, you just mm. need to know that... It, it might not be so regular when you are working for yourself and you're going to have no. good good months, bad months. Um, yeah. I think it is something that people can sometimes overlook and slightly take for granted when they start out. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think I was lucky in that um, it was really busy pretty much straight away. And it oh, almost lulled wow. you that first sense of, full sense of security because you kind of think, oh, this is great, you know. Yeah. I'll just pay myself loads. But you you it's not necessarily always going to be like that so you can't think oh great I'm just gonna you know pay myself a really big wage this month because I've done really well because you just don't know yeah um, especially early on if it's going to stay like that so um definitely sort of be wary of that yes it's great if you're if you are you know um having loads of sales early on yeah I think just don't get complacent that every month is going to necessarily be like that because Mm. um you know it might not be you just don't know I think that is Um, such a great words of wisdom to be fair like it is it is always going good to go into it with your eyes wide open rather than sort of going in with rose-colored glasses on when you think oh you know this is going to be every month just in case it's not it's good to be prepared did you do like a big marketing launch to start off because I know you said you were sort of busy from the offset or was it just sort of a bit of luck and do you know what not really I mean obviously it was um an Instagram user before but I, I think Instagram it seems to just it's just like this bear moth that just keeps growing and growing and growing even in the last couple of years I mean it yeah. seems to be even bigger than it was then so mm-hmm. yeah even then obviously it was all about you know having um, an Instagram page and getting the presence building the followers but no I didn't have loads of followers on there um 
it literally was if it was it was about having and it is it's about having it the item the product that people want to buy yeah and if you've got it and not many others have yeah. then people are going to buy from you um and back then it was all about um shell jewelry it was when it blew up and it was mm-hmm. huge um and i um i was i got these lovely little gold-plated real cowrie shell necklaces and matching Ooh. bracelets and some of the sort of the chokery ones that are still still really popular now yeah um and i said I, I kind of assumed that they'd be everywhere but the pieces that i had didn't seem to be and they were just on they were just flying out so um yeah, I think that because of having those pieces, that brought the customers and they then obviously, you know, saw the other things that I had. So it kind of grew organically. But no, I mean, I didn't have like a massive budget to do loads of stuff. So yeah. it's really just grown. Um, yeah, quite organically. Without I think any- that's so inspiring to people because I think sometimes people get bought into the idea that you have to spend such a huge budget on marketing, especially when you're launching. But I yeah. think that's the great thing with social media now. That's why it's there. It's sort of there and you, you need to utilise it as much as possible to be able to grow um, oh, your following absolutely. without having to put too much money behind it. Yeah, because also where else where else do you advertise now? You know, yeah. other than... The advertising landscape has changed so much. I think back in the day, you'd sort of invest in print advertising and things like that. But Mm. nowadays, it's just not really necessary, especially if you've got an e-commerce business. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, magazines, things like that. Nobody's, I mean, unless you're a huge, you know, brand, you just don't tend to do it. I mean, yeah, obviously, if you could get a feature in a magazine, then great. But that's obviously not not that easy to do. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely utilising um, the social media platforms, which, like you say, you don't have to have a huge budget for, which is the beauty of them. Yeah, I think as well what's so great now, where Instagram's constant. I'm just talking about Instagram specifically, but I think where they're constantly developing the app, and, for example, they obviously do the Instagram shopping, so you can almost shop mm-hmm. directly through the app and yeah. things like that. Now, I saw they brought something out today called Instagram Reels, which is like, um, I think, to compete with TikTok, I'd say, but um, yeah. I haven't fully looked into it yet, but it looks like it's mm-hmm. competing with TikTok. But all these things are such great opportunities for brands to be able to reach their yeah. customer. So Absolutely, yeah, and doing the... Um, the click to buy is really good, but um, in case for people that might not know, you have to have um, a Facebook page for yes. your business to be able to do that um, because they're obviously linked together. But, yes. you know, again, it's worth having the Facebook page. Um, but, the, yeah, the click to buy is really good. Yeah, really I, I think I think from a customer journey experience as well, it's so nice being able to almost shop in the app without having to go yeah. too far. I think it makes you make quicker decisions when you're purchasing rather than thinking, oh, I've got to go to a website or whatever oh, the platform absolutely. is. So find the item, yeah. And if yeah, it's anything like me, I've always everything. got about 100 tabs open as well on my phone. So half the time I'll <laughs> click on something and then I can never find where it's gone because I've got so many tabs um, open, it's chaos. Yes. <laughs> That sounds like mine. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's the way when you're like sort of quite a creative person. There's just chaos going on everywhere. Yeah. And then I wonder why my phone's really slow and yeah. I've got about pages open. <laughs> I'm the same. Um, so out of interest, if you could start over, is there anything that you would do differently? Yeah, so we sort of touched on it a little bit earlier. So I think now I would definitely do a full launch mm-hmm. with a website yeah um and I didn't I started my website about a year and a half ago mm-hmm. uh, maybe just a little bit under but I because I had quite a small budget I was mm-hmm. a bit 
worried about when you're an unknown brand Mm -hmm. I guess it's driving traffic to a website um and I've been using eBay and Depop anyway Mm -hmm. and they've got you know you've got such a huge customer base there yeah um it just made sense at the time to just use those Mm -hmm. so obviously that's what I did and it worked really really well you know and they still do Mm -hmm. um I've got a lot of sales from it um but if I went back I would and you you see it all the time now with businesses launching um through um Instagram yeah you I think it is easier now to do it um and if you've got um the backing of some influencers yes. you know on Instagram um and you can have a, um, a coordinated plan with a few different influencers you know sharing links to your site and on yes. their stories mm. um you know launch with um a special discount mm-hmm. um promote it all on your social media I think um I think it's easier to do that now um yeah. in a more successful way so I think definitely um yeah if I was going to go back I yeah. would launch with the website and I'd still keep eBay and Depop. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't be so worried this time around about um, the website. Yeah, no, that's good um, to know, I think. And you Shopify, don't you? Yeah, you yeah. Shopify. How and do you the get other... on with it? Do you find it okay to use? Like if you were starting out, do you find it would be a good one to recommend? Yeah, I mean, it is quite simple to use. I mean, mm-hmm. I had, I've got no experience, you know, with um graphic design or creating yeah. websites and and I mean I was able to do it it yeah. was you know a basic way yeah. um so if you're you know you can anybody could do it anybody yeah. could create a site um obviously if you want something that's going to be very high end and have a you know the most professional look then realistically you're going to need to get somebody with some experience you know um to support you with that Mm -hmm. um but yeah it is simple simple to upload the products um and it is cheaper than ebay and depop so um, the fees that shopify charge are a lot less so you have to pay you pay a monthly um, subscription, which mm-hmm. isn't very much, mm-hmm. but you have to do that anyway with eBay to have an eBay shop. Um, okay. Deeper you don't. Um, but, yeah, so you make more money as well um, on the Shopify sales. So it does make sense for, you know, if you are going to be doing marketing, that yeah. you want to drive it through your website because ultimately you're going to be making more profit on each item um, than through the other sites. Yeah, no, that's really good to know. I think it's um, it is overwhelming though, isn't it? If you've not had any experience building a website and you you set it up and you're looking at it thinking, what? What's this? Like, it is scary. Absolutely, absolutely. And I mean, this, and it's almost a bit overwhelming the amount of um, help guides and things that they've got on there. Um, Because I'd kind of think, okay, how do I do this? And there'd be like a you know like a ten minute guide on it, Mm. but. Um, sometimes it was a bit a bit bewildering but I think it's that thing you sort of play around with it um, and um, yeah and, and it looked fine you know yeah. it, it's done the job but yeah, that's I the main thing. yeah definitely want something that's um, you know a bit more professional looking now so yeah. that's what we're doing at the moment it's <laughs> very exciting just to go back yeah. on something else you were talking about previously um how what's your experience been like of influencer marketing so I know it's got a it's got a funny reputation influencer marketing mm-hmm. I think some people absolutely swear by it and love it and um, whereas other brands have had perhaps bad experiences and don't yeah. quite see the benefit how what's I think your thoughts on it 
Um, overall, I would say it's good, yeah. but I'd say it is mixed because mm-hmm. um, you obviously get a lot of people approaching you mm. wanting you to send them free products. God, I yeah. mean, yeah, you, you can get bombarded. And some really? people might not have that many followers, yeah. Um, but then you kind of see somebody that has got, I don't know, say 150,000 followers, and you automatically think, oh, wow, you know, I'm going to get really good results from that. Yeah. And it, you know, and it hasn't always been the case necessarily. Um, yeah. And I found that some of the smaller influencers that maybe, um, like there's a girl that I've done quite a lot with, um, I think she's got about 14,000, 15,000 followers. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if she's so interactive with her followers. Yes. Um, and I think look at that. When somebody approaches you, look at are they getting loads of comments? Is there a lot of engagement on their mm-hmm. posts? Or do they just put a post out, but, yeah, they get a lot of likes, but nobody really comments on anything because her engagement was really high. Mm. And when and I've done some gifted collaborations with her, mm-hmm. um, and I had, I've had some really, really, really good successes, like people coming to me because they've seen her wearing an item. Oh, so wow. I know that the result has come from her. Yeah. Um, and I think it's building that rapport um, with that influencer. But, again, I've also had um, another um, – quite a, a big influencer mm-hmm. who actually she bought some products from me and I didn't I didn't know at the time who she was and then she yeah. tagged me in some pictures um and I sent her a couple of other bits and mm. I mean they were some of my gold rings and mm. literally from when she wore them it was just crazy with um you know that they were flying out of the door and I'm wow. sure it's yeah from her wearing them so it can be mixed and I think don't feel like you have to say yes to everybody that approaches you at the beginning but just find um who works for you and also who work the type of people that work for your brand as well because it's easy to see oh yeah that person's got loads of followers but are they are they right for representing your brand um because otherwise I think you, you could dilute your brand and your customers might feel like they don't really they're not really sure of what you're where you're going so I think that's quite a key thing to um remember as well so it is a bit of a yeah there's a bit of trial and error there but overall it it definitely works well and I would just when I first start working with somebody I just send a couple of pieces and kind of you know see how it goes yeah Um, so I I haven't paid any influencers to do Mm -hmm. adverts yet perhaps in the future yeah um um, I might do um, so it's just been the gifted collaborations but it's yep. yeah it, you know it's definitely worth doing and you get some great pictures as well for your feed which yeah. is good. I think that's the thing isn't it with um, with influencer marketing sometimes it can end up being you're more you're gifting and investing in that influencer more because you really like the quality of their content perhaps versus mm. their um, following but yeah I know what you mean there is I think this is where influencers can sometimes get a bad rep if they have a really large following and from for, sort of from looking at it from face value it looks like they're going to perform amazingly and for whatever yeah. reason they don't yeah I think it's just all to do with that community they've built up and how engaged their community actually are yeah yeah and that and I think the ones that respond to all their followers as well yeah and because that, that builds the engagement because some and I yeah I get it if you've got hundreds of thousands you, you can't always respond to everybody but yeah. um I think I think the ones that do then they're they've got that trust with their yes. followers and yeah. their followers are more likely to buy what they're promoting 
Yeah, definitely. I think this is so gold what you've just said. And I think as well, if you're an influencer that's listening and you're wanting to work with brands, perhaps you haven't yet and you're not really sure mm. how to go about it, it kind of gives you some goalposts of the sort of things you need to be working on and the areas yeah. you can improve on your account to make sure that you're going to align well with the brands that you want to work with. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I think as well, it can be a bit frustrating because you get a lot of people that message you and obviously they've got to introduce themselves somehow to you, but they'll yeah. say, oh, you know, I love your brand, I love your products, but but then they they don't follow you. So sometimes, oh, no. <laughs> sometimes you kind of feel like, well, do you really? Because oh, you no. don't follow us. So I don't expect people with absolute, you know, with loads to, because obviously, you know, they don't always. But yeah. sometimes with some of the smaller ones, it's nice when they've done that and they've made yeah. an effort they've commented on posts they're really supportive and actually there are some smaller influencers or, or girls that want to be influencers yeah but um you know I haven't necessarily worked with straight away but they've really been supportive and sharing things um putting things on stories um and and we've ended up you know doing collaborations together I think that's the thing as well, isn't it? If you if there's a particular brand that you know you really want to work with, you do need to put the work in. You can't just send them mm. almost a generic email without putting some work in and hoping that you're going to be able yeah. to set up a collaboration because it's got to be two-sided. There does yeah. have to be the trust there between the brand and the influencer. Yeah, absolutely. What I'm most interested about, I think, is how you ended up, how how did you choose to work within jewellery? What was it about jewellery that you decided, and accessories, obviously, that you decided to go down that path? Yeah, well, I've always been obsessed with fashion and jewellery. Mm-hmm. Um, and years ago, I, um, well, I used to buy stuff from um, car boots and charity shops mm-hmm. and then sell them on eBay. But it was more kind of like vintage stuff. And I loved yeah. doing that. So for a while, I kind of thought, oh, you know, do I want to do that? Do I want to try and have like a vintage shop, which which is really competitive, like yeah. jewellery. Mm-hmm. I think I worried with that. It was because I, I now I live in like not a small town, but um, before I was living in Brighton and there's mm-hmm. you know loads of stuff there. I've worried about can I get the amount of stock that you would need to sell, yeah. you know, to make a business that's going to pay you a full-time wage. So. Yeah um I think for me jewelry I just love the way you know one little piece of jewelry can completely transform an outfit Mm. or your mood and you don't have to spend a fortune to do it yeah um so um and I've always been a big jewelry fan and buy a lot myself so I thought actually you know this is this is the route I want to go down um and um having a I guess something that's specific to focus on yes. and niche and not too broad because otherwise I think uh, yeah I think you know you need to you need to be quite focused on what your products are going to be yeah how that is I think that is such a big thing isn't it about niching down and not being too mm-hmm. broad and trying to appeal to everyone did you yeah. have an idea in your mind when you launched the brand of who your audience is who your ideal client is that sort of thing yeah I think well do you know what I think the thing with jewelry is that it can be for anybody of any age and I think that's the nice thing about it yes of course there's going to be certain trends Mm -hmm. that appeal um to a different demographic but what I love about jewelry is anybody you know I said you know a chain necklace anybody of any age can wear that and I love that I've got you know especially through perhaps like the Depop app you have quite 
um you have younger girls buying from you yeah um and then I had some I the nicest thing I had a message from a lady on eBay and she bought I sell these really beautiful uh, Aurora quartz rings um and she sent me an 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 email and she said you know more than happy for you to share the feedback but it said you've made an 82 year old lady really happy oh that I just thought oh yeah it's just so nice um and it's lovely to hear that from the customers but I think that's the key thing with jewellery is that, you know, it covers all demographics. Um, yeah. I think what I love most, Gemma, I can really feel your passion. And I think that is the oh. success behind <laughs> successful brands, being so passionate about what you do and loving yeah. your product. Because I think sometimes people can just put things out for profit and the trouble mm. of doing that, your audience can see through it now. I think because we're yeah. all getting marketed to 24-7 via so many different channels we're all getting more savvy we can spot a marketing ploy a mile off and I think something you can't fake is true passion in your brand and your products which is something that you definitely have yeah and you've got to have that because you know it is challenging running a business and it's not all roses every day and yeah and if if you're not passionate passionate about what you're doing then I think people will find it quite difficult yeah um, definitely you know to keep going on those harder days yeah, 100%. Did um have you had any experience buying before? Is this something that you've kind of learned on the job since you started no, business up? Just buying for myself. Wow, <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I didn't, I, no, I think I well, someone to people tell me that I have a good good eye for things hmm. um and for a trend. So, um yeah, it, I guess um it's just knowing having a feel for what people want at the moment um you know what's coming up um and just finding those interesting pieces as well because like I said before it's it's a mix of yes it's the on-trend trend-led items um but also things that um are a little bit different and a bit more unique um that people are going to keep because that will help to differentiate you then you know from from everybody else that's doing it so yeah so no no had no experience at all in um fashion or retail so amazing I think that's so inspiring (laughs) really really inspiring I think people can get so hung up sometimes on thinking they have to have certain qualifications or certain experience Mm. to get going and if you've just got the passion and you've got a natural like you said I'll definitely back you up and say you have got a natural eye for it because I'm such a fan of your products so um, I love them so I can definitely agree that you do um have a really natural eye for it but I think that's really inspiring to people to know that they don't need to maybe go to uni or any of that stuff that sometimes you feel obliged to do (laughs) no no absolutely not you know yes great if you can if you can't go to uni and get a degree but you don't necessarily need it Mm. um obviously yes if you want to go and work in fashion buying then you do but I guess if you're going to be setting up um, on your own, if you're yeah. starting out in your career and you, and you know that long term that's an area you want to go into, then of course it will be invaluable if you can go and get experience somewhere before yeah. doing it. Um, I guess I was in terms of the skills that I've needed for for this. Mm-hmm. Um, my previous career, you know, has really helped with that. So um, I think if you are if you're just starting out, um, then perhaps. You know, go and get some experience somewhere first. But yeah, you know, but some people would go straight into it, and I'm sure make a success of it. It just comes down to you. Yeah. But what you feel comfortable <laughs> with. What do you feel yeah. like have been your most transferable skills from your corporate career to to now to running your business? Oh, so definitely um, the communication. So, 
So with um, so Amex is all about it's a prestigious, you know, yeah. brand. It's all about premium customer service, mm-hmm. communication, and that comes down to when you're working with your clients. You know, it's it's all about an honest and open relationship, and you've got to have that with your customer. Um, and um, I think that the resilience because sometimes you know you can't please everybody, yeah. and you could have a product that you've sold loads of and. Mm everybody's loved it but somebody doesn't like it yeah um, and it's being able to communicate with them you know resolve issues um in a professional manner because every interaction that you have with somebody you're representing your brand yeah so you've really got to keep that at the forefront of your mind so I think certainly the you know the communication the customer service mm. um multitasking because with that role I was always doing a lot of different things all at once yeah and I think it was the because I kind of you know essentially ran a business in that role mm-hmm. I understood the whole profit and loss um yes it was taking that from selling what we were doing there to selling mm-hmm. jewelry so I think yeah. I was quite lucky that it gave me quite broad skills to bring across yeah it sounds like you picked up a talent I think as well it's so important to note that how you deal with your customers really is the backbone of your business because oh, all absolutely. it can sometimes take is one bad review and you just yeah. you have to be so conscious of how you are communicating and is it on brand yeah. and all those sort of things. Yeah, and people might drive you mad, you know, <laughs> they might be not very nice to you, but you've got yeah. to be thick-skinned and resilient and not take things too personally because, yeah. you know, maybe they're having a bad day or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, that's what you've always got to think, especially at the moment with all the COVID stuff going yeah, on. You never know yeah. what might be going on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it kind of actually follows on my next question. So what have been your biggest challenges so far on your journey as an entrepreneur? <laughs> Well, I think obviously it's just me mm-hmm. um, and that we've talked about. So I'm not from a retail background or a fashion mm-hmm. background. So you are learning the whole time through sort of trial and error, which I really love. Yeah. Um, but you've got to make all the key decisions on absolutely everything. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're, you're never fully off. Mm. Um, and I think it's worth being aware that it can be quite lonely because it's just you you know you're working from home a lot and if you've come from a big team Mm -hmm. um you know you you don't have colleagues um you know that when you've had a bad day you can pick each other up um you haven't got anybody to brainstorm ideas with or run anything by yeah um so that can be quite tough um and you've got to be self-motivated and resilient because you you might have a week that's amazing you know you've sold loads everything's gone really well and Mm. then the next week it might be quite quiet or you know there's been a couple of problems with something Mm -hmm. and you've got to be able to you know pick yourself up yeah um and sort of keep going I think that's where um you know having that passion for what you do comes in so and that will get you through you know the um the more difficult times but and it's also things won't happen overnight. So yes. building your brand takes time and mm-hmm. you've really got to plug away. You know, you've got to be innovative, keep ahead of the competition, which there's a lot of in jewellery. Yes. Um, so, you know, you're constantly got to be thinking, OK, so, you know, what are the new trends coming in? Finding mm-hmm. those products that other people haven't got. Yeah. Um, at the same time as sort of doing everything else. And you've got to be keeping the business profitable. Yes. Um, yeah. So you're 
<laughs> you're juggling a lot of different things all at once yeah. and you, you just never know what's going to happen so you know like with covid coming in yeah um you know i've got a kidney transplant so i had to shield um so it was yeah which was tricky in that i obviously couldn't go to the post office yeah. to post any of my products but yeah. My husband was off for a little while, so he went every day for me. Um, and I had friends that came and, um, you know, took stuff. Um, yeah. And we were, like, the busiest we've ever been. So yeah. um, It is amazing think, to hear how busy you are, I think, as well, in COVID, especially for people yeah. that perhaps already are running their own businesses and found that it's been a really quiet time. I think it's really nice to hear that someone's had success during COVID. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah it's been crazy. And I guess, you know, with everybody being at home, um, and people couldn't go anywhere. Yeah, um, people were shopping online. <laughs> I know I was guilty of it, so I can't talk. <laughs> oh yeah, well I was like, well, I need to, I need to support other small businesses as well. So yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? And I feel like there was that real sense, and there is still that real sense of. I'm being a bit more conscious now to pick small businesses just because I know how yeah. difficult the climate is. And I think you don't want to see all these favorite brands that you have that are small operations folding because of COVID. No, so absolutely. It was so lovely, especially, you know, on social media. People were so supportive. And, yeah. um, you know, even if they weren't in the financial situation that they were able to spend money, they were tagging you, yes. you know, in stories, you know, and they were, people could promote, you know, their small businesses of choice. And yeah. there was just loads of stuff like that, which was so nice. Yeah. Um, and it just felt really supportive from everybody that, um, you know, people wanted you to succeed. Um, and I had a lot of messages from customers and things. So I so appreciated that. It was really nice. But it builds quite a nice community then as well, doesn't it? That kind of community feel. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Good. Yeah, what, really what nice. Would, um, so if you if you were sort of speaking to someone that wants to start out in e-commerce, what advice would you give them? I would say, um, I think if you can... If you can, just go for it. Yeah. I think there's never a right time. Yeah. Yes, you do need to be, obviously, you know, stable financially. Yeah. Um, I was lucky in that, um, so my husband's self-employed as well. Mm -hmm. He set up his business quite a long time ago. Yeah. Um, so I had my role, which kind of supported us while he was getting established. Yeah. And then um, it was the right time for me to be able to do it. Mm -hmm. um, because he was you know really set up but mm -hmm. I didn't I didn't have a large budget um you know when I first started mm -hmm. I literally while I was in my old role I bought a few items um which I sold and then I kept reinvesting the profits yes. into buying more stock mm -hmm. so I had a bit of a base there already yeah and it also was brilliant because one of the challenges is okay so um if you don't make your jewellery, mm -hmm. where are you going to get it from? Yeah. Are you going to design it? You know, mm -hmm. how, where does it come from? And you mm -hmm. have to do a lot of research with that. Yeah. Um, and it's finding the right suppliers. So because I already had found those yeah. and I'd already worked with some um, and I knew the quality was what I wanted mm -hmm. um, and some products I designed. So I have some um, that make the jewellery for me, some, oh, wow. you know, just source the products. There's a lot of background research there. Um, yeah. And I think if you can also have those suppliers ready, mm -hmm. um, then that's a key thing to have in place um, yeah. when you're going to be starting out. I think as well, it's almost like similar to how we were saying about 
how you communicate with your customers, communicating with your suppliers and things as well is such a key part of running yeah. a business, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and especially if there's something that's not quite right, because yes. um, we definitely, I don't know about you, I'm one of those people that I really, I don't like to complain about things. Oh, really. me too. <laughs> me, it, puts me but, like, it literally makes me so anxious if I have to complain about anything. Oh, yeah. But if, if something's not right, you know, it's, it's your business at the end of the day. It's, you know, you're selling these products to your customer. Um, and, and time scales and things are really important as well because some of them might be really quick yeah some of them might um, be delayed um, yeah. and it's that fine balance especially if you do if you do pre uh, let people pre-order products that are out of stock yes uh, it's quite hard because if you tell them yep so they're going to be here in a week and then you're told actually no you know it's going to be another two weeks Again, it's that managing expectations and, and keeping that communication open because um, that can be quite challenging. But, yeah, finding the right suppliers is definitely a key thing. So, you know, get them in place when you start out. Um, and once you've got them, hopefully, you know, then you'll have a, establish a, a good relationship with them. Yeah, I think that is that is such a key part, especially if you want to run a physical product brand um, mm. to make sure that you really have got a good relationship with your suppliers. Because like you say, obviously, the lead times and things are so important for your customers. So yeah. um, it's just making sure that that's running as smoothly as possible, I suppose. Yeah. Um, slightly changing course here, but I know productivity <laughs> is something that many entrepreneurs find really challenging. And as you said, you, you're sort of managing many different hats within your business. Do you have yeah. any tips for how to increase your productivity and keep yourself motivated yeah well I think in a way it's it's probably a little bit boring but time <laughs> management time yeah. management and having a plan is so important and you'll probably find like for me I've got I have key tasks that need to be done at, at certain times so yeah. um you know what I love for me about being self-employed so I get up in the morning I make my cup of coffee mm-hmm take it back into bed and then I will respond to queries I've had overnight messages you know process orders mm-hmm. um and you know that's just it's lovely being able to do that um, yeah. before your day fully kicks off but yeah um the mornings then are always going to be packaging up your orders mm-hmm. um and you need to get them if whether you have a courier that comes and gets them or get to the post office mm-hmm. you want to see, you know you need to make sure you get them out on time so morning is taken up with those for me but then yeah. the afternoon I then have free for any other tasks that I need to do mm-hmm. um, and that's where you can give yourself a bit of flexibility so yeah um, I think that's so important isn't it actually to have a little bit of your day that is flexi time because yeah. the trouble is if you've blocked out your whole day and then an emergency pops up before you know it, you've got pushed back and then you feel like you're oh, behind absolutely. and yeah stressful. yeah and at the end of the day getting the products out that's a bit of a that's a bit of a no-brainer that you know yes. they've got to go so that yeah. is the critical thing you know you've got to get your products out to your customers mm-hmm. um but then um you know in the afternoon I might be sourcing products I might be photographing and listing items doing Mm -hmm. admin doing social media Um, and when you're working by yourself that's where you can then have that flexibility if you're like actually I want to go meet a friend for lunch or I want to go and have a coffee with somebody yeah you can kind of you can work that into your day yeah Um, and that's the beauty of it but it's not a it's not a Monday to Friday nine till five job because you know I'm literally and this is, you know, I'm on my my business. I basically run really from my phone. Mm. So I'm on my phone a lot. Um, yeah. And 
and that isn't necessarily a good thing because you have to be able to get away from it and put it down sometimes but yeah you could be dealing with messages you know all the time um and for me I package so I'll still um package and process orders on a Saturday mm-hmm. just because I find I like to get the products out quickly but yeah. also when it then comes to Monday it makes it a little bit easier because if you've got the weekend you've got all the weekends orders to do mm-hmm. um it can be quite manic yeah so on a Sunday night I might be um prepping orders to make the Monday easier yeah um and you know when you go on holiday you can't just put your out of office on and that's it again you're gonna have queries and things coming through but despite all of that it's it's still so worth it yeah I think it's so great how honest you're being as well because I think some people <laughs> almost try to be a bit like oh yeah you know I do a few hours here a few hours there and almost like downplay how much hard work actually goes into running a business yeah I th- yeah you know I think that's it you know there's no on off button mm-hmm. um and I know in a lot of careers people will still choose to yeah. you know respond to emails and, and different things but mm-hmm. they you you literally whereas when you know you've got a team who can pick up for you and you can just say okay yeah. our office is on I'll see you in a week's time mm-hmm. you you are you won't you don't have that because I mean yeah you could not reply to queries but that's not me I would I always yeah. want to get back to the customer so you have a break from the packaging but yeah, yeah but you're never off <laughs> you're never off um 24 7 but if you love what you do then you don't yes. mind yeah, there's that amazing quote, isn't there, where it's like, if you if you love what you do, you never really work a day of your life or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I love that yeah. quote. It's so true, I think, exactly. when you're running yeah. your own business. Oh, God, yeah. And to a certain degree, sometimes it, it almost doesn't feel like work, especially the nice bits, you know, yeah. if you're like seeing products and doing yeah. your social media, you kind of think, <laughs> <laughs> not too bad. Yeah. Where, um, so where do you see your business in five years' time? What are your goals and things for the future? And where do you hope to take one on wardrobe? Well, you know, absolutely. I would love it if we are, um, you know, one of the leading sort of go-to independent jewellery brands. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in terms of a specific goal, um, I'd re- really, really like to launch a sister brand. Mm. Um, yeah, um, possibly, possibly launch a whole new brand, possibly incorporate it into the current brand. But that would be um some higher end pieces yeah um so again I would still want them to be at a good price point though so they're value for money yeah um because um some of the independent brands are, are pretty pricey mm. um and I think yeah and, you know and of course you know if they find metals and everything else you're, you're gonna you know pay a decent amount for those types of things but yeah. I, I think that you can you, you know, you can get a really nice higher-end piece of jewellery for a really good price. Um, and that is what I'm really excited about. I'm really inspired and motivated by, you know, those sort of niche brands like Soru, Wool Berlin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love what they do. Yeah. Um, and I think that might be the natural progression and where the business goes yeah. into, um, I guess, you know, developing into um that sort of slightly higher end market yeah so if I can do that and follow a little bit in their footsteps then um then yeah that would be great so that sounds so exciting I'd love to see that (laughs) (laughs) definitely be keeping my eyes peeled for that one 
Oh. <laughs> yeah. um, so I, thought, I think we're just sort of coming to the end of the interview now, but I just I thought I'd just end it with the question that I tend to ask all my guests that I have on the show. So yeah. firstly, what advice would you give to all the incredible women out there who have entrepreneurial <laughs> dreams of their own but are too afraid to get started? Oh, do you know what I would say? And I, I mentioned it before, but just go for it. I, yeah. For me, I just felt that I didn't want to not try and just regret looking back and thinking I never gave it a shot I never gave it a go and you know what even if your business doesn't work out at least you've tried and you'll have learned some you know you've gained some fantastic skills from it and perhaps it's given you experience in that particular sector that you can then you know use to get um a job you know with Mm -hmm. a with a business but um I think don't be afraid to give it a shot because you don't want to regret you know not ever trying and giving it that go and that was definitely my feeling yeah I love that I think that's so true (laughs) and then my last last question promise of the interview um, (laughs) what does being a female entrepreneur mean to you um I think for me it's being part of a community of um supportive women Mm -hmm. who really lift each other up and Mm -hmm. I've been really lucky to meet other um female small business owners and bloggers a lot of them through the Instagram community yeah obviously that's where I met you Chloe yeah I I know it's crazy (laughs) isn't it yeah and I think when you are working by yourself and you haven't got colleagues yeah um having that network of people around you is really invaluable um and it will really pick you up you know during those times that you need it yeah no definitely I couldn't agree more well thank you so 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 much Gemma for taking the time today to um to have the interview and I will link your Instagram and all your eBay and Depop and everything in the show notes but for anyone that's wanting to look you up on Instagram is at want and wardrobe so I will link that all as well but just so that um they can find you on then see all the amazing products you've got on offer oh thank you very much no worries (laughs) thank you so much i really hope you enjoyed this week's episode and i hope you are feeling inspired motivated and empowered to achieve your own entrepreneurial goals For more inspiration, join me next Tuesday when I will be interviewing another successful female entrepreneur who will be candidly sharing the wisdom and insights from their experience to help inspire you to make your entrepreneurial dreams a reality. For more ways to connect to the Pose Radio community, visit posedigital.com or follow Pose Digital over on Instagram. Until next week, thank you so much for listening.